I'm Amber. And I'm Leslie. And you're listening to The The Grim Mystics. Hello, friends. What's up? So we have something new. Um, apparently, Zoom has decided that they don't want people to be able to talk for hours on a meeting. You know, maybe it's our fault. Maybe we should um, <laughs> say a sorry now. You know, you know, we used and abused the free Zoom for They're just one other person, podcast. you know, because you used to be able. It was unlimited if there were just two of you. So we did. But now it times you at 40 minutes. So our podcasts are going to be a little bit more uniform, I think. Which <laughs> we is just hear silent claps like, oh, thank God. <laughs> Everyone listening is like, finally. Finally, some structure. <laughs> uh, but we already spent 40 minutes catching up with each other. That's how we learned that it was kicking yeah, I'm us like, off. Uh, Amber, I got like a 10 minute warning, like it's saying we're going to be, you know, exiled off the island here in about eight minutes. So, <laughs> And the ridiculous thing is, it tells you, because then we started looking into it, you can have 100 people <laughs> on a free meeting for 40 minutes. It's unreasonable. <laughs> Those numbers don't add up. I feel like round it up to an hour give us like half the people <laughs> that's true 40 minutes <laughs> i've never like why can't we just go with an hour yeah. an hour is reasonable Have an hour i think right i think so so yeah we're gonna have to just play with this and there might be awkward pauses if we get kicked off zoom and then we have to resubmit a meeting and all that shit but we'll be here you're gonna hear the <laughs> urgency in our voice when we get our 10 minute warning <laughs> and we're gonna be panicking <laughs> to try and get it done we're going to be talking fast as fuck. <laughs> we're just going to get straight to the point. Yeah, but look at us as, as we I w- tangent. I'm just like watching I was the just time about- now, and I'm like, it's been two and a half minutes. I was just about to say, probably not, but let's pretend no. that we will. Yeah, so pretty much what's going to happen is we're just going to have to make multiple meetings. <laughs> ahead of time and then start using them when it's you know what zoom you think you got us covered we will always find a way always yeah we we are not paying dollars a month to fall into fifteen (laughs) dollars no per that's just silly (laughs) especially because we can't even see each other because our internet sucks so bad so it's like we're basically we almost need like just a phone call is there like a online phone call that we can listen to each other oh my god we're, we're gonna have to fall back into like the chat rooms of the 90s to figure that one out <laughs> yeah so if anyone smarter than us knows let us know yeah let us know if there's anything other than zoom we thought skype but that one's kind of like the myspace of all of this stuff so who knows if it's even still around oh my god amber myspace do you know what i found out the other day what did you find out the other day? do you know who bought myspace from tom no Justin fucking Timberlake. Why? He was the one that did the whole music thing. It's literally his fault that MySpace sucks. That it sucks. went down? Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, it's literally that... Justin Timberlake's <gasps> fault. I guess I could be wrong, but I heard, that's what I heard. So someone told me that. Maybe they're, they were full of shit, but. 
explorers look into it for us because he's already i'm already wavering on him he cheated on his very beautiful wife with his nanny that's super stereotypical of those famous guys wasn't that jude law no justin timberlake did it too oh my god i didn't know that i mean they all did it i mean who (laughs) Uh, (laughs) specific and then and now that all this free britney stuff is coming out like he really was the push to kind of get her feeling unsettled because he started bragging about getting her laid and stuff while they were dating after they broke up and then she kind of lost her image and the media turned against her and we all know what happened so like i'm already teetering on him not being my favorite justin (laughs) okay fair enough yeah i see i i didn't have i don't even wasn't that free britney on like hbo or hulu yes yeah and it talks about how he like was doing interviews and pretty much just saying like Oh, yeah, I took her virginity and all this stuff. And then she, her whole image was that, which is unfortunate that women have to do that anyways. Yeah. And then he took it. So look at us saying we're not going to tangent. Oh, my God. I didn't know any of that. That's really gross, though. Yeah. Because so I didn't it, watch any of that. So. Well, ew. and if he ruined my space, then that's the final nail in the coffin. <laughs> I say that was doing it for me alone. But yeah. now you've told me these other things. Now we're just really done. <laughs> all right leslie here we go should we jump into it (laughs) yes please okay let's do this why don't you tell the lovely people where we're gonna be today today on the map we're going to fort lauderdale florida all the good places everything good happens in florida (laughs) have you have you played the florida man challenge i tried and it would not come up with something so i think i'm doing it wrong i know so i'll have to try it I say mine was something about a guy like punching an alligator in the face with his bare hand. <laughs> That's pretty savage. <laughs> anyway, Fort Lauderdale. Let's go. Fort Lauderdale. So the places that I looked for, um, I did something a little different this time. Um, mm. So I went to a couple of websites, allthatsinteresting.com, um, and then Wiki, of course. Um, and then I watched Wiki. an episode of... World is that not how you say it? I thought it's a wiki. I thought we already talked about this. Have we already gone through this conversation before? <laughs> well, clearly I say wiki. 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 That, that sounds yeah, like a, a Star Wars thing. <laughs> well, but it's W I K I, so like wiki. Wiki. Uh, I don't. I don't know. Right. Wiki pages. We can. Wiki. I like it. <laughs> it's like how the French say Wi-Fi. It's wifi. <laughs> <laughs> I also watched um, World's Most Evil Killers, which I'm finding I absolutely love, clearly, because I've done this for multiple episodes. They have fr- they have free entire episodes on YouTube, which now that I've said that, Score. that's probably going to get taken away, <gasps> too. <laughs> no, please don't. I know, because this is where I get a bulk of my information. <laughs> <laughs> please don't make uh, us pay for Zoom and research. Come on. <laughs> We're not an actual money-making company yet <laughs> we're in the negative <laughs> we have fun so that's positive but if we checked our checks and balances money we're in the negative <laughs> oh, I can't. Uh, but this is episode our season four episode 18 um and then i did something new i listened to a podcast <laughs> oh well nice nice it worked i love it it's like the best form of research because yeah, i can do well, so many other things well and i was literally doing research on my drive to work which is like an yes. hour so that was helpful um Ooh. so i listened to where the bodies are buried buried 
and it's um i've never listened to this podcast before it's really well done i feel like they're pretty popular because it was like one of the first ones that came up when i searched this gentleman's name uh-huh. um but they interview killers oh oh that's kind of scary right and then it kind of got me down this rabbit hole of how easy would it be actually to interview people like this man probably pretty easy if he's sitting up in jail yeah we just like call the prison yeah and then and just record start the communicating yeah and just yeah. start trying to communicate so this guy literally did like four or five podcast interviews interesting yeah See, and I'm this not... was just the best one that i could find that sounds too scary i don't if you want to do that no, i support I you but Mm-mm. no this interviewer i props to him because i was like rolling my eyes and going Ugh, while he was talking like i wouldn't be good at this because <laughs> you have oh, to I kind mean, of feed into them yeah they're all they are narcissists so. yeah so and he did a really good job like he you know it's just really interesting how he like fed into it i guess um which okay. is something i don't think like good for him because he's like an interviewer and he's doing his job clearly but like i couldn't do it because i'd be mm-hmm. like oh my god you're gross <laughs> right because you would have i mean i'm we would know what they did so it's yes. like you just can't well, forget this, that yeah and this interviewer did too and it's very it's a good one everyone should go listen to it it's where the bodies are buried and i think it's uh impressive how well this guy can kind of check his own feelings and kind of mm-hmm. just go on with an interview and let this guy spout bullshit <laughs> okay cool yeah so Today, we are going to learn about Todd Kolhep, who is the Amazon review killer. So if you remember the clue, yeah, the clue from many moons ago was that Jeff Bezos probably didn't want us to learn about these reviews. It is because he used to leave reviews for weapons and (gasps) things that he used allegedly on people on Amazon. Oh my gosh. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I'm starting it off a little different. Todd's the bad guy. Usually I like to lead up to it. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> but but this, this listening to this interview, I really hate this guy. <laughs> okay. Okay. Like, Love it. Yeah. He's got a new place in my brain where I'm just like, <laughs> so. Really? Okay. Yeah. So I don't want to leave anyone in suspense. He sucks. <laughs> Fair enough. Works for me. So we're starting out, um, he was born on March 7th, 1971 in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Now, we started in Florida, but there's not really a lot that happens in Florida because he gets moved around a lot. Um, He was raised in South Carolina and Georgia, but he stayed in the South down there, mostly. Why was he moving around? Was he like a military kid? No. um, So his mom had nine husbands. Oh, my God. Not at the same time, but in life. Thank you. Thank you for clarifying. Yeah. I, I didn't, I thought maybe they were, you know, polyamorous or something. Yeah. No, no. Um, <laughs> so her, her, his mom is, he described her as one of those people who just couldn't be alone. And so oh. they moved wherever her new boyfriend or husband wanted to be. Okay. So that's kind of, that kind of sucks for him because he had to just, do whatever his mom said, you know? Yes, yes. And that is definitely something in the podcast that he talks about. So I'm going to throw in little sprinklings of what I remember from the podcast, like just stupid shit that he said. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> and then you guys can really tell I love I love this guy. <laughs> no, I love it. I, I Usually it's me who is like, 
you know, super hostile. So yeah, I'm, no, I know <laughs> I haven't gotten this heated and I think it's just because I listened to him and I caught all of his like contradictions and I'm just like, yeah. but anyways. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm excited. <laughs> so his parents divorced when he was two years old. So he actually, um, has his stepfather's last name, not his father's last name, because his mother gained custody and married another man when he was three. So the other man mm. just adopted Todd and gave him his last name. <clears throat> Interesting. Did he, does he know his dad, his biological dad? He does. Yes. Okay. So, but it's a lot of like, um, his mom was very good at finding another spouse um, pretty quickly. Cause I mean, you know, I don't know how long his mom and his dad were married, but they divorced when he was two. Um, so at least, you know, two years plus nine mm-hmm. or ten months. Um, and then by the following year, she already had another husband. Okay. So huh. I know. I felt lucky finding mine. <laughs> Can't imagine <laughs> knocking I convinced. Those... Yeah. <laughs> convinced one, one yeah. poor son of a bitch it, to, it to join long. me for life. <laughs> yeah. My husband waited like eight years to propose, so I can't imagine. <laughs> imagine so, finding nine of those suckers. Oh, Goodness. my God. It wouldn't happen. <laughs> no. <laughs> so Cole Hep has been described by people who knew him in his youth as a troubled child. Um, in nursery school, he was known to be aggressive towards other children and would destroy Great. the n- nursery's property or the children's property. He was just angry. Oh my God. <clears throat> you know, as a preschool teacher, I had some of those and they were terrifying. See, and that's uncomfortable because like, what, are, what do you do? Including like his family life is clearly not stable if mm-hmm. new men are coming into his life every handful of years. And I'm worried that they weren't very kind to him. He does say in the interview that most of the men that his mother was attracted to were pretty abusive. Um, yeah. And very, he, it's funny that you asked if he was in a military family because he, he described them as militant. So like just oh. that personality, maybe not that job, but that personality of I like it my way and not hesitating to beat him up to get their mm-hmm. way. Right. And then he says the last husband, which I don't know if his mom is still with or not, but number nine, he said was a pushover. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. So she changed her tune and found a man that, I mean, in my opinion, was probably just not as abusive. <laughs> right. I guess maybe just so. did whatever she wanted to. Maybe is she, yeah. I'm assuming she must have been like very beautiful or something. You know, I've only seen interviews of her when she was an older woman, and I don't know. <laughs> so <laughs> it it didn't relate, huh? Didn't it, it, it didn't like, yeah. It, <laughs> I mean, you know, she was in her late like seventies, so oh know, yeah, might have been. <laughs> it's hard to tell sometimes. It is hard to tell. Yeah. So um, at the age of nine, he started um, going to counseling, and he was described as being explosive and very. <clears throat> preoccupied with like sexual content so he was very like sexual as well at nine at nine. Oh, so yeah. where was his abuse i mean yeah right yeah well i mean yeah if, if a kid at nine is so focused on that that's a good question i'm not sure i even maybe i did i don't know know what that was at nine yeah looking back i doubt it i feel like i learned a lot of things in middle school. <laughs> Yeah, so that was something that he was very interested in. Okay, great. He also displayed cruelty to animals. Awesome. Um, There are multiple cases. One, so both of these stories, 
I heard, and then of course I listened to the podcast, and Todd had some tweaking to do. Um, <laughs> one of them was that he killed his goldfish by pouring bleach in <gasps> the tank because he wanted a gerbil. <gasps> and the other one was that he shot a dog with a BB gun. Oh my God. And I don't know how the dog was doing after that. I honestly didn't want to do that deep dive. I couldn't handle it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, and I doubt he died. I mean, I've been shot with a BB gun. Still here but to tell the tale. Probably, it fucking hurts. Yeah, but, but it probably didn't feel good. Yeah. Yeah. So the interviewer brings this up with Todd and he goes, wrong. And this is what I think is so irritating and comical at the same time. He goes, that's all wrong. I was 10. So first oh, thing were you? Oh. <laughs> and I'm like, and then he goes on to say, I didn't want a gerbil. He's like, I, my mom was getting on my case about how I couldn't go out and play until I cleaned my fish's tank. So I thought bleach was like chlorine and, you know, the chlorine kept the pool clean. So I thought if I put a little bit of bleach in there, it would just help keep my fish tank clean. Um, okay. If that, if that's true, if that's actually true, I mean, honest mistake, I guess, as I can understand the logic from a 10 year old. Yeah. Secondly, he said that he got in trouble for shooting the dog with the BB gun, but it was not him. It was another neighborhood kid. So after he got in trouble for that, he tried to, he beat the kid up that did shoot the dog with the BB gun and then tried to poison him. And he said it so nonchalantly. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. Um. But my, <laughs> my problem is, why is the first thing that's wrong that you were 10? <laughs> why not go like, no, I didn't actually abuse the animals. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> and yeah. then say I was 10. <laughs> that's a good point. I think I would be like, oh, well, first of all, I for sure didn't kill that dog. Second of all, yeah. I wasn't even 10. You know, I wasn't even nine. Yeah. Like, get your sources straight, you know? Yeah. So he's like more offended that his age was incorrect. Oh, my God. What a... Yeah. Well, and I, I'm sure... It, there's his side of the story, someone else's, and then the truth is in the middle, you know? So yeah. who knows? Yeah. Well, and then, like, they just glossed right over the fact that he, th- he said he tried to poison a child. <laughs> Casual. They never, they never brought it up again in the interview, and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I'd be like, oh, well, how is that child doing today? Today. <laughs> how are we doing? All right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there's that. <laughs> Cash. So eventually... In 1983, Cole Hep was sent to live with his biological father, who lived in Arizona at this time, because his mother and stepfather separated. So he took his father's surname, so kind of dropped the stepfather's, took the father's surname, and began um, working a number of local jobs. So by now, he's in his teens. Quick question. Yes. So I'm assuming his mom got um, custody of him when he was three. Yes. Mm-hmm. What changed? I mean, I know his they separated and she was in a single income household, but I'm assuming she was when she first got custody when he was three. So my guess is that she just couldn't handle him. Anymore. He's shooting dogs, I see. allegedly killing fish like he's mean to other kids. So, I mean, if you're going through a divorce and. And she just didn't want to deal. Yes. Essentially. It okay. kind of it kind of seems like in his life, no adult really wanted to deal with. Him. So. OK, that makes sense. So I he understand that. Passed around a little bit. Hmm. So one thing that he learned from his dad in this time was um, 
how to blow things up and make bombs. <laughs> oh. And a new love for collecting weapons like his dad did. Great. So you have a kid with anger problems, and you're going to teach him how to blow things up, make bombs, and show him how cool it is to collect a bunch of weapons. Awesome. I'm so glad. Yes. <laughs> Seems like solid, solid parenting. <laughs> I mean, I thought so. <laughs> Clearly, that's why he's living like he didn't get to live with his dad when he was three. <laughs> yeah, mom, mom got a custody in the first place, but you know. Okay. Uh-huh. So, Let's blow some shit up. <laughs> so Who needs in, a journal? <laughs> yeah, you just blow up your feelings. You're fine. <laughs> <laughs> so on November 25th of 1986, uh, Todd was 15 years old, and he kidnapped a 14-year-old girl in Tempe, Arizona. Mm-hmm. He thre- That's terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it gets worse. He threatened her with a 22 caliber revolver, brought her back to his home, tied her up, taped her mouth shut, and raped her multiple times. Oh, my gosh. Yep. Fifteen, this kid oh is my gosh. having these feelings. Afterwards, he walked her home and threatened to kill her siblings if she told anybody about what happened. Oh, that, poor, that poor girl. Oh, my God. What Todd didn't know what was happening is one of her younger siblings, who was just five or six at the time, was freaking out because she wasn't home yet and was already on the phone with the police when Todd dropped her off. <gasps> okay. So she went inside, called, and his, her brother was already on the phone with the police, and she said, I need to speak to them. And then her five- or six-year-old brother got to hear her recount what happened. Oh, my God. I hope that he does not remember that. Yeah. <clears throat> hopefully, it, hopefully it just uh, you know, went to the wayside and he just has bits and pieces. I'm sure that was oh. graphic and terrifying. Dramatic, but. Yeah. But good timing. Holy yeah. shit. So Todd was charged with kidnapping, sexual assault, and committing a dangerous crime against a child. At 15. At 15. Oh um, my gosh. So a year later in 87, he pled guilty to the kidnapping charge and other charges were dropped. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> what? Yeah. He was sentenced to 15 years in prison and he was a registered sex offender. So I don't know how you can drop a sexual assault charge, but still be registered as a sex, sex assault offend, or sex offender. How can you kidnap someone and assault them and do all the things that he did and then be like, you know what? I kidnap. don't think we need to give him the whole, the whole shebang. Let's just, let's cut it in half. Seems well, reasonable. And that was, that was exactly what happened. So because. Oh my God. He, because he pled guilty, they, <laughs> they were like, oh, all they right, cut him kid. a deal. Mm-hmm. I understand. I guess. God, I hate that. But I would drop the kidnapping and not the sex offender. <laughs> like, I wonder which is worse, though. I wonder which has... Well, and maybe um, one had... You're right. Maybe one was a longer sentence, so they picked it based off of that. And he's a little piece of shit, so obviously he's going to negotiate <clears throat> the worst of the two. Yeah. But again, Ugh. too, for dropping the sexual assault, he still had to register as a sex offender, which is like good i'm not saying that's not i mean yeah yeah that's a start i just don't understand how you can drop the charge but still have to i don't know the court system raises me (laughs) i say he had i mean all i can think of is is he made some sort of a deal Mm -hmm. i just don't understand what deal i mean i guess just saying that he was guilty yeah and then they were able to put him on the sex offender list i don't know right so they didn't have to like go to trial yeah pretty much um, and then according to court records, Todd was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder 
and was noted of having an above average IQ of 118. So he was like really fucking smart. I feel like they always are. They're always like too smart and they like don't know how to like use those parts of their brains other Mm -hmm. than to do terrible, terrible things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and the judge in the case actually said that Todd was very bright and should and should be advanced academically, but behaviorally and emotionally, he was dangerous. Oh, sick. Love that adjective. And likely dangerous and likely could not be rehabilitated, but they only gave him 15 years. Fucking fabulous. Like, Love this. <laughs> how can a judge say that and then be like, but. <laughs> I mean, it, it doesn't get more clearer than that, uh, you know, to say he yeah. cannot be rehabilitated. Hey, only 15 years. You're fine. You're good. It's fine. <laughs> Can't be rehabilitated, though. So and his, see you see in 16. Yeah. So. And Todd's PO wrote the same thing. <laughs> like it was super similar in court papers. What the fuck? And he said that. Todd also seemed to feel like the world owed him something. So you're 15 and you already have a narcissistic personality where you think you're owed. He sounds like a nightmare, right? I can't believe how many episodes did you listen to him talk? Only one is all I like. I started a couple. (laughs) Only one. Yeah, I started a couple and then I I wait. I kind of fished around until I found the one I liked. But (laughs) he sounds like a nightmare. He literally sounds awful. Yeah. Yeah. At 15, I can only imagine the size of his ego now. Yeah. Well, and then we get Todd's attorney in the case who went on to say that while defending him, he did not believe his client would go on to harm others in the future. Um, so that's pretty contradicting to like two professionals <laughs> who are yeah. around people like this. And I mean, an attorney is too, but like. Two people. I don't know. I don't. I know that. I know that defense attorneys, um, not attorneys, <laughs> defense attorneys. Excuse me. Um, you never realize how stupid you are until you edit and you listen to yourself talk. <laughs> I <laughs> say you um yourself. all the time. So um, yeah. I do that all the time. <laughs> yeah, you just say the dumbest stuff. Um, I know that defense attorneys have to make a living, but like, how can you just stand up for someone and? Like, you know that he's going to repeat because everybody else is saying how dangerous mm-hmm. and explosive, you know, these words that were used, I'm pretty sure explosive was used mm-hmm. during our Coors, um, at Coors yeah, case. it was. And it, yeah, and it's like, those are some strong words, you know, I don't, like, how can you just defend someone like that? I just don't get it. I agree. <laughs> I I agree. <clears throat> And, you know, it's one of those things where obviously as a defense attorney, you have to believe your client, I would assume, wholeheartedly to be able to do this and sleep at night. <laughs> but I, I, I could <laughs> But obviously not. But I could never do it because, you know, with what happened with Todd later on, like, I, I didn't even think about how that defense attorney, attorney might have felt. <laughs> you said it too. <laughs> You put it in my head. <laughs> um, yeah, I know. It's like, I mean, we're only into his it, the start of his criminal career, and mm-hmm. I'm sure there's more to it. It's like, is this this guy's fault, essentially, for saying he's not going to har- harm someone when obviously he does? Well, and because the, mm-hmm. because the defense attorney said this, he didn't get anything off his sentence. He had to do the 15 years. So he got out when he was 30. Which is so young. 
Yes. After such a violent crime. Yes. Well, and, you know, he said he initially was cited for some violations that included violent behavior, but after turning 20, there were no records of disobedience. So then he kind of does this thing where he kind of, my guess would be realizes, like, I got to get my shit straight. <laughs> whether well, he's it's, a fucking genius. Well, it, whether, like I was going to say, whether it's to manipulate or he actually felt it, I think it would be manipulation. But yeah. he, you know, from 20 to 30 had no problems in the jail. Well, yeah, because again, he knows he's about to get out and he wants mm-hmm. to get out. And in like, the, he's smart. Yeah. Well, and <laughs> in others. the interview, he claimed that, you know, he went from the kids unit to the adults unit. And the adults unit, <laughs> he claims all of the gang leaders treated him like a son. So. Oh, okay. The, you know, the Hispanic gangs that were in there, the African-American uh the white supremacy all of them treated him like a son and they didn't want him to go down their path so they really really tried hard to be like a father figure because he claimed you know a lot of those guys hadn't seen their kids in many many years so they treated him like the child that they didn't get to be with um and he actually got his bachelor's degree in jail Sorry, my my mouth is open. I still just can't get over the fact that all of these different gangs were deciding that he was worthy enough. They to... came together for him. Yeah, I was gonna say. I was just about to say to come together. You Screw know, through um, all of that racist <laughs> ideation that's been given to you from a very small age, growing up, they all came yeah. together for Mr. Todd. <laughs> for t- for Todd. Um, <laughs> for Todd. Um the thing is is if that is true, like is he just that manip- manipulative, excuse me, um that he can convince all these other guys or is he just full of shit and a narcissist <laughs> and is coming up with all these stories like, well, I'm just so great that, you know, mm-hmm. someone that was trying to shank someone else decided that they were going to hug each other because of me, you know. <laughs> I- yeah, they they all came together to protect me. They had their shit, but they protected me. <laughs> Yeah, I, I just don't, don't. Fucking know. I think it's a little bit of both. Maybe there was like one guy in there who was like, "Hey, <laughs> I'll treat you like his, my kid." <laughs> his celly. It was yeah. probably his like cellmate. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, "I'll treat you like my kid. It's fine." <laughs> oh God. Okay. Um. All right. So then he gets released in August of tw- uh, two thousand one. Um, and he served his fifteen years. And he ended up moving to South Carolina. So he got a degree while in prison for computer um, science. And Mm -hmm. he moved in with his mom. And um, he kind of laid low from January 2002 to November 2003. He worked as a graphic designer for a company. He began studying uh, at a technical college in 2003, and then he transferred to the University of South Carolina um, the following year and graduated in 2008 with a bachelor's of science uh, degree in business administration and marketing. Hmm. So he's like really smart. (laughs) Well, it's almost like he's like trying to be normal. Um, Yeah. It's like he needs to utilize his brain. And so it's like getting all these degrees and... Because like web design and then a degree in business marketing, those are two pretty different fields. Yeah. Well, and then he goes on to be even more different. And this is where 
something fell through the cracks um, because I did not know this, but I appreciate knowing this. Um, <laughs> as a real estate agent, you cannot be a registered sex offender, which makes sense because you have oh, ways makes to get into people's homes. Oh, good point. I just was thinking that you're going to be with people alone in homes but yeah damn right they can get into your house that's a good point yeah like uh, my you know when we were you i mean you guys fell in love with like the first house my husband and i looked at like 40 <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. and when we were looking around our real estate agent would reach out to another real estate agent and get the code to get the key like mm -hmm. you know so like uh, when you're showing your home you have to kind of trust the people that have that code to get in which is right. kind of intimidating Yes. Yeah, so, so that's good. I guess I didn't know that either, but that is good. Well, it is good, except Todd fell through the crack. <laughs> oh, fucking awesome. Yeah. Okay. So even though he was a registered sex offender, still, he was able to get his real estate license. And in the interview, he pretty much said he just bullshitted <laughs> and was what? like, yeah, he was able to just be like, you know, it was a past girlfriend. It was a misunderstanding. You know, she just she filed something on me and it was dropped. I don't even know how you found that because it's not supposed to be to public knowledge. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's like literally <clears throat> what he said. I just, I want to live in a life where it's so easy to lie about like being a sex offender and like lie about degrees. You just hear about all these stories from like 20 years ago mm -hmm. and it's like they just get into this stuff and now it's so hard for us to find a fucking job that pays well and it's like, yeah. I want to live in that time. That sounds so <laughs> when, much easier. When you didn't have to be truthful and no one double checked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no shit. Now now it's like even if you tell the truth, people automatically assume you're lying. Mm -hmm. Stupid. Well, and so after he lied, he was able to get his real estate license in June of 2006. He built his own firm and had a dozen agents in, in, that he employed. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. That's uh, terrifying. He was recognized as a top-selling agent in Carolina, in the in the South Carolina region. He's like a Ted Bundy. Like he yeah. is like it's just a narcissist and is just really good ugh. at com like convincing people. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. By the way, we have four minutes and fifty seconds. It's like that Madonna song, four minutes to say. <laughs> oh my God, Justin Timberlake's in that too. It's oh my all, God, it's all it's all coming. It's back. all connected. <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm so distracted by Justin Timberlake. <laughs> um, Todd was also able to acquire a private pilot's license and several oh God. properties out of state. So, he's just like really smart and he's investing in property and he purchased a nearly hundred acre, um, acres of land and it was located um, in an area that was nine miles away from uh, Moore, a community called Moore, for $305,000. Oh, my God. That pisses me off, too. But anyway. Okay. <laughs> yeah, different time. 2014. Uh, <laughs> that pisses me off. Um, okay. And then he said a fence around the property, which cost $80,000. I'm speechless. Yeah. Um, he was smart. I'm like, I'm like Hemin and Han about a gate that's going to cost me like 200 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Well, but he, also, he was so oh, sorry. But was, yeah. Oh, go. God. <laughs> We're just so excited. <laughs> the clock is happening. Um, <laughs> the countdown. 
I'm just, I'm just terrified what you're going to tell me because I know that he's the bad guy and you're laying out. He's got all this land by himself <laughs> and it's all fenced off and I'm just, okay. You're going down the right track. <laughs> I know. Um, so then we kind of get, you know, some of his customers uh, kind of spoke up about him. And there was a woman who sold her home with Todd and remember him as extremely outgoing and professional. Um, but said that he would talk about his firearms a lot and sometimes use like sexual innuendo during their conversation. So he's Um, like this professional dude, but he's not professional when you talk to him. Yeah. When, um, sexual harassment actually isn't professional. (laughs) Like in case you forgot, Brenda, um, maybe you should turn him in. She's like, he was really great. He sold my house and blah, blah, blah. And he was really professional, but also he wasn't. (laughs) <laughs> but also he pulled out his dick and showed it to me so well, um a woman who uh, was assisted as one of his employees said he was angry and condescending towards her um and a banker who worked with him said that he often watched porn while at work what yes oh at work i was about to say a banker do you just like hi i'd like to deposit this check no. by the way i just watched this gnarly fucking porn this morning well, it was you know great. they need banker they need to have you know, the network to sell a home. They need like people in the banking or whatever. So I feel like it was a, oh, a person. Like his lender. Yes, his lender. Thank you. I see. Yeah. Uh-huh. But he would watch porn at work and he would leave the doors open <laughs> so that all of his employees oh, my knew. Oh, God. <laughs> Worst boss ever. I'd be like, um, sir, I'm just trying to go on my lunch break. Can you turn it down, please? Uh, Can you imagine? So like, I don't get how he's being... T- like described as this great realtor when like his customers and his coworkers and other people he's employed are clearly uncomfortable. <laughs> he's like sexually harassing them. Yes. Like that's like literally sexual harassment. Well, like, this is crazy. Just sitting there like talking about your firearms to like a a woman who may or may not be interested, <laughs> but like that's uncomfortable. <laughs> now we're gonna kinda get into what made Todd Famous, <laughs> which unfortunately are his murders. Okay. So on November 6th, 2003, yeah. a customer found four people shot dead inside a Superbike Motorsports, which is a motorcycle shop in South Carolina. The victims were identified as owner Scott Ponder, oh my service gosh. manager um, Brian Lucas, Mc, um. I'm sorry, and he's he was 29. Scott was 30. Okay. Uh, mechanic Chris Sherbert, which was 26, and bookkeeper Beverly Guy, who was 52, was who was also Scott's mom. Oh. So something super sad that I saw on the documentary that I watched. Um, Scott's wife was pregnant, and she oh. had gotten pregnant a couple months before his death after a couple of years of infertility. Oh, no. That's so sad. He was able to go to one of her appointments and hear (gasps) his baby's heartbeat, and he died two days later. Amber, shut up. Oh, my God. I know. Okay. Horrible. Terrible. So all four were found with multiple gunshot wounds. Um, And this happened in 2003, and they had no idea who did it. That's terrifying. They just came, they just came in and found the bodies. There was no yes, like signs was, or proof. Oh no, my gosh. The gunman wasn't there when the customer found everything. 
nobody. Obviously, I'm here to tell you it was Todd. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, again, I'm not leaving any question to what's going on because fuck this guy. Fuck Todd. Fuck Todd. So, the reason that this all happened is there are two storylines that we get in this one. We get Todd's and then we get Scott's wife. Okay. Scott's wife remembers Scott coming home saying that there was this crazy guy who got pissed off at them because the guys were making jokes about how he wasn't a good motorcycle rider or something like that. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> and apparently Todd had had a motorcycle that had gotten stolen. Um, mm. And so he came in to buy a second one and they were kind of joking with him like, oh, are you sure you really want to get another one? You know, like yeah. just normal things. So Scott's wife's like, they used to do this all the time. Like they, they were just giving Assholes. shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Todd claims that he thought that they were the ones that stole his motorcycle. So he bought it from mm. them and then they stole it back. And it was this big conspiracy for Todd. And so he, <laughs> he claims that if, because he went in and kind of had an altercation like verbally a couple months before the shootings. And he claims that if they would have been like, you know what, man, go ahead and look around in our inventory and see if you find your bike. He would have never let it escalate. Okay. <laughs> but if you didn't steal it, why the fuck would you let someone in looking through your shop? Like, no, no one's going right. to do that. <laughs> well, and if they did steal it, then why the fuck would they let you in their shop? <laughs> you know, like that too. either way. Yeah. It's like either way, why? I mean, it's their business. They're not going to just let some dude who's all hostile come in and fucking take a look. You yeah. Know? But and so this is like the narcissist in him where he's like, that's all they needed to do. And it's like, really? That's all they needed to do when you're all hot headed and upset. Like there's nothing they could have done correctly. Yeah. Yeah. Probably him. not. Exactly. So, you know, hindsight, that's what he thinks would have <clears throat> saved them. Well, it's like um, John Wayne Gacy. I just started watching this, watching the Gacy tapes, which I was like oh, yeah. totally against forever. But then I just decided to. And he like had an excuse. It was like the victim's fault. And it's like, he's a narcissist. He can't just admit that he. Yeah made these choices yeah it's like the well he you know he called me ugly or he called me stupid and it's like no you're just a fucking asshole and you were going to kill them regardless if they said something yeah doesn't but it's yeah but it's easier to blame it on them it's easier to blame the victim in the grand scheme of things Mm -hmm. you know Yeah. yeah well and something another fun narcissist thing that he did is he claims when he walked in the shop there was a man and a child there and he does not kill children so he waited for the man and the child to leave, and his plan was to only kill Scott, Brian, and Chris, and he didn't realize Beverly was in the office, and he shot her when she walked out of the bathroom. Oh, my gosh. But, okay. you know, he didn't kill a kid. He waited. Wow, so generous. Thanks. I know, right? So all four were found with multiple gunshot wounds, and oh. he was armed with a pistol pistol and he entered the shop from the back and that's when he killed Chris and then he worked his way through the office so he killed um Beverly in the middle of the showroom Brian in the main doorway and Scott in the parking lot so it's kind of like everyone started to realize what was going on and Scott was actually <clears throat> running away oh my gosh but he shot them multiple times all of them yes 
And he'll say this Ugh. multiple times He'll in the, in the interview, if anyone listens to it, he literally says, if I'm going to shoot you, I'm going to make sure you're dead. Oh, my God. Okay. He just sounds like a fucking, oh, sorry. he just sounds like a nightmare. He, he just, is. Ugh. Well, and so he gets away. Like, he gets in his truck. He talks about how he drove away slowly. He didn't want to, you know, peel out and bring any attention to himself. And he was never on the police's radar for this mass shooting well yeah and he was he was in and out but i I mean it was the shop like super isolated like didn't other people hear gunshots no one like the only person that came forward was the guy that ended up at the shop yeah i don't even know how how much later but so maybe it's not like a high foot traffic day i don't know Mm -hmm. but yeah he drove out slowly and he was never on the cops radar because when scott goes home he'd be like oh my god we had this crazy guy He's not going to remember his name and tell his wife. Mm-hmm. His wife's not going to remember it. Like, I go home and talk to my husband about my day, and my, you know, my husband gets the gist of it, but I'm not, like, giving him every single detail. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So. Although, I probably do. <laughs> <laughs> but still, and is your husband going to yeah. remember everything? <laughs> probably not. But even if he did, right, I don't, if I were to be, like, assaulted, I don't think they would think it was some random-ass person, you know? Yeah, exactly. So. That's kind of happening, and it's like this open case, and the cops are still looking, and Scott's wife has her um, son after Scott's death. Um, her, her son has never met his father. Like, just She's just trying to move on. She actually ends up moving um, to a different town that's closer to her family to kind of just be around them for support while this yeah. is an open case, pretty much. It's hard to live in a, in a town where you're constantly reminded of something horrific. Yeah. Well, and if it's not closed, like, I don't think I would be able to move on. Like, that yeah. would be my focus. And, of course, you, you know, you, it's not necessarily like you need to move on or whatever, but that would be my sole focus. And I think I would lose myself. And if you get some mm-hmm. distance, then you can focus on your son and what you need there. Exactly. And she does say that. Clearly, her son was a blessing because after Scott died, that was the only thing that kept her from taking her own life. Oh, gosh. So, you know, you go through years of infertility and then this man doesn't get to meet his child. That's terrible. Yeah. It's. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's just awful. Yeah. Yeah. So then we go on to another case. So this the shooting happened in 2003. Okay. And then Todd claims that he, well, actually, he claims two things. <laughs> okay. He claims that he got a girlfriend, girlfriend had a kid, and he stopped, you know, 12-step program, quit murdering cold turkey. <clears throat> okay. But he also claims that he has been, been trying to tell the police where multiple bo- other bodies are, and they are just not interested in listening to him. So we don't know. Mm, what? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we don't know. Um, we don't know if Todd did take a hiatus. We don't know if there are more people. I would assume, you know, I don't think the cops are not taking him seriously, but I would also assume that he's probably sent them on some rabbit chases and they're just like, really, dude? Like, because he just has that personality where it seems like he's like going to take. What's the word? He's going to take. um what am I thinking? I don't know. <laughs> he's going to he's going to say like anything that happened in that area he did. Oh yeah, um 
again, he's a narcissist. Just like take yeah. res- ownership or take yeah. responsibility. Responsibility. And- that's the word. Okay. Okay, so these, the, so this was happening. This is after the fact. Yes. For a second, I thought you were saying that in real time, when he's like, "Oh, yep, I wasn't doing anything." That was when he was telling the cops. I understand now. Yeah. Now no, I'm so, on the same page. Sorry. So after no, he no, claimed, no, no, it's me. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's probably me too because I'm I'm heated. <laughs> <laughs> so after all of this, he claims there are okay. more. But he also claimed, and in the same interview, he he contradicted himself and said, I wanted to be a dad. I was quit, quitting everything cold turkey, took a 12-step program privately, and, you know, just acted like it was an addiction. Where's the 12-step program for fucking murdering people? <laughs> I don't see that in the, you know, you know I think in you the just, paper. I think you just borrow it from AA and NA, and you just replace, like, drugs and alcohol with, like, murder. Death. Got <laughs> yeah. it. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's like... You know, when people are such liars, it's like they forget what's the tr- what's true mm-hmm. and what's not, and they forget what they've lied about and what they haven't. Well, so I'm f- sure he does contradict himself all the time. Well, in within 40 minutes, he's forgotten what he said multiple times and contradicts himself. Like this is it. W- I was fuming listening what to this podcast because I was like, it was literally happening to the point where even I was like, who gets distracted very easily, was like, wait, uh-huh. like 10 minutes ago, you just said this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what a moron. Which is why I can't interview people because I would say that and then they wouldn't want to talk to me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got to kiss their ass, especially yeah. a murderer. Yeah. So 2003, the sports, um, the Superbike Motorsports shooting happens. And then in August thir- on August 31st of 2016, so it's been a while. So this is the part where we don't know what Todd did. Mm-hmm. There is a woman named Kayla um, who's 30 and her boyfriend, Charles, who, are thir- who is 32, and they go missing. Now, the okay. last place that they were was at Todd's, one of Todd's properties. And they had a job with him where they were going to remove some brush from one of his properties. Mm-hmm. So Kayla's family and Charles's family are pretty quick to, you know, acknowledge that they're not there anymore um, and they're missing. Um, so the police kind of get put on this a little quicker. Um, okay, that's good. And so they file a missing persons report, but Todd's totally unaware of this. So he's overhearing Charles and Kayla talking while he's going to grab Kayla hedge trimmers or something like that um, mm-hmm. to help with the brush. And he thought he heard Charles say, let's just steal from him. Okay. So without any conversation, Todd shoots Charles. Oh, my God. Multiple times. Um, this is something fave. he, yeah, multiple times. Um, and what's really eerie about this interview is he can describe what ammunition he's using, but even like the grain and like mm. what it's made out of. So like, ew, super obsessed with his weapons. Yeah, no shit, gross. So he kills Charles and kidnaps Kayla. And he has this shed on his property that he stores all of his ammunition in and all of his weapons. And they're out of the way for her because he chained her up by her ankle. So she (gasps) cannot like leave her radius. And then he's proud of himself. And he's like, yeah, and I, I, you know, I like Kayla a lot. I've known her for a couple of years. 
I went and got her two Great Dane size beds, dog beds, so she was comfortable. Oh got, my God, but she's chained up in a yeah. shed. Got her a fan because it gets kind of hot in South Carolina and she was in this like iron aluminum shed. <laughs> oh my God, it was probably like 90,000 degrees. Yeah. But also, wow, super generous. Thanks for getting me a dog bed and a fucking fan. Yes. <laughs> Two dog beds, Leslie. Two. Oh, how dare I forget? Like, can we just like unlock my fucking restraints first and then, uh, okay. (laughs) Yes. So unfortunately, Kayla um, is also raped multiple times a day. So his 12 steps program is not working. No shit. Because he is still dating this person that he claims he wants to be better for. And he's got a kid and everything, and he's like... Well, she's got his girlfriend's got a kid, but he's, you know, stepping up oh, to that daddy role. Mm-hmm. Ew. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> the police, the thing that the police are able to figure out, um, and how they're able to kind of find this, is they looked at where Charles's phone last pinged. Oh, and it was this is... What year is this? 2016. <gasps> okay. Yeah. So, and, and Todd admits that he made a mistake because he originally had planned, he took Todd's phone and posted some weird stuff on Facebook trying to pretend to be Charles. Oh, okay. To like throw him off the trail or something? Try to. And then his goal was to drive the phone very far away, ping it one more time, then throw it away. Okay. But in his discombobulation, he ends up breaking it at his house. So the final ping is from <laughs> his house. Ass. <laughs> oh, God. So he had okay. a plan, and then clearly he just got very overwhelmed and didn't go through with it. Which is so surprising because he's like a genius, right? So right. I feel, and he's got all these degrees and like mm-hmm. web and technology, mm-hmm. you know, technology and shit. Hmm. So the police are starting to kind of get Todd on their radar and they're, they sent drones over his property. Todd admits to seeing the drones and hiding in the woods on his property. So they didn't see him (laughs) and the police kind of came in with a search warrant and they found Kayla chained up in the shed. (gasps) Oh my God. Yeah. Todd kept her alive. (laughs) Well, yeah, I know, but they just, like, walked in and just found her? Well, yeah, they oh had, the, with the ping and all of this yeah. stuff, and it's a missing person's, I guess, you know, a judge is a little bit more lenient on, like, a search yeah, yeah, warrant. Yeah. So, yeah, he was totally, you know, they were able to walk in. They Holy found shit. Kayla, and Kayla told them everything. He shot Charles, buried him in a shallow grave, and raped me multiple times a day, and told Ugh. me I was his property and kept me alive for that. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. And Todd even admits after seeing the drone, he's like, I should have killed Kayla, but I just couldn't do it. Uh, yeah. Which gross. I think he thinks is sentimental and everyone else is like gross. Yeah, I'm sure he thinks that makes him like the most kindest, mm-hmm. sincere person ever. And really, it's just fucking disgusting. Yeah. So she okay. was found on November 3rd. And this and the murder of Charles was August 31st. <gasps> oh, my God. Mm-hmm. So she, it was a while, unfortunately. In that shed. Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. Chained to the wall inside a metal storage container. Just being assaulted Mm -hmm. multiple times. Oh, my gosh. Yep. 
and they heard banging noises coming from inside the container. So Kayla must have recognized like the police yelling out or someone Fuck talking. Yeah. So she saved herself. Hell yeah, you did. So good for Kayla. Yeah. So then this gives them the right for a search of Todd's property. Mm-hmm. They found um, Charles's car, um, which okay. was found in a ravine covered in bu- uh, brush. And okay. then they started talking to Kayla and she said she witnessed Charles getting shot by Todd. Um, yeah. He admitted to being kept captive and everything like that. And um, if she did, and she said that if he told her if she did what he said and didn't do anything wrong, he wouldn't hurt her, you know? So what we call hurting when you're being raped twice a day, you know, I guess kill. Yeah. That's probably okay. a better term. Mm-hmm. The police kind of, you know, ask her all these questions and they're like, was there any opportunity for you to escape? And Kayla tells them no. But very early on in her capture, Todd took her over and he made her watch him bury Charles in a shallow Uh grave on his property next to two other bodies. (gasps) Also, okay, sorry. (laughs) Two other bodies. Definitely put a pin in that one because <laughs> the fuck. Um, but like, that's isn't that a shitty question? Like, could you have escaped? Like, obviously not, you fucking moron. I mean, like, hello. But, and, and how it was worded, like, yes, that is bad. But the police were very sensitive to that, so I think they were oh, just good. trying to get a timeline, not necessarily okay. blame her because it does. It does sound shitty when you're like repeating it. But they were yeah. just like. <laughs> Was there any opportunity? Did you try? Did he hurt you? I, I think they were just trying to get a case against him. Fair and enough. then she's able to be like, well, no, he made me watch him bury Charles. And then he showed me these two other bodies and said this would happen to me if I was bad. Yeah. So obviously, no. <laughs> yeah. And then the yeah. cops are like, show us these bodies. <laughs> They're like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> exactly. I mean, yeah. for Kayla to just mic drop that shit. <laughs> yeah, casually. Casually, there were just, you know, two other, about three three in total. Mm-hmm. Charles and two others, you know, yeah. cash. So the two bodies that were discovered on Todd's property um, were found on November 6th and 7th. So they're clearly doing a, a sweep of his property. Oh, my gosh. And they were identified as husband and wife. Johnny Coxie and Megan uh, McCraw Coxie. Um, Johnny was 29 and Megan was 26. Oh, that's so young. Well, I have Todd's uh, play-by-play okay. of this situation. I'm sure it's probably not true, but okay. Maybe. Some of it is backed up by research, according to the um, interviewer. Okay. So... Johnny and Megan were drug addicts and they had met Todd panhandling. Um, They're panhandling on the side of the street. And he's got this like hero complex that I think is very disturbing. Um, mm-hmm. Cause in Todd's brain, he's like asking them like, cause you know, he's, he owns multiple properties. He's a real estate agent. He needs people to go in and clean up homes and stuff like that. So he offered them a job mm-hmm. where he would do that. And then he says he, lost track of them for a little bit gives him his number loses track of him gets kind of annoyed because he's like i'm trying to offer you a job here and you blow me off they had gone to jail um (laughs) because their child had had been removed by the state because their child had heroin in their system oh um so both parents went to jail for a little bit 
Okay. They were released, and the first call Megan made, unfortunately, was Todd. Which makes sense. Why wouldn't she? Because he's offering, you know, she wanted to know if the job was still available. Yeah, right, right. And if he's offering her a job and somewhere to stay, and like, yeah, why wouldn't she call him? Where else is she going to go? Exactly. This is the last person she talked to. Mm -hmm. So they go over to Todd's house and they are, you know, getting supplies and things like that so they can go to other properties and start cleaning. And this is what Todd claims. He claims that he is showing them around his property and he hears Megan say, Johnny now. And Johnny runs after him and tries to attack him with a knife. Todd shoots him three times, and he again describes the weapon used and the the material in the ammo. It's very uncomfortable. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he catches Megan, and Megan says, please don't hurt me. Please don't rape me. Like, all this, like, just pretty much pleading for his li- her life. And he claims that he was very calm with her, called her ma'am multiple times, and said, listen, ma'am, I just want to know what's going on. Apparently, Megan and Johnny had had a plan to rob him, and then he goes on to list how much his house cost and how much his car cost, and clearly, like, it was silly of him to think they wouldn't try to rob him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <clears throat> okay. Yeah, so, and he also dropped that he was driving a Mercedes that day. Oh, where are you? Um, <laughs> See why I hate him? <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you believe any of that? I don't know. Like, there's no one else there. So. I know. I just don't think it's true. I don't either. I just, because, again, I even if they, well, oh, my God. I just don't. I Again, it's easier to blame the victim. It's easier to mm-hmm. say, well, they did it first. Yes. They were hurting me. Yeah. They were going to rob me. But you you're know, a I've got a Mercedes Benz. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I know. I know. So I don't know. That's the only story. Ugh. Yeah. And, and the documentary that I watched, they didn't even go into this story. And I think it's just because, like, they don't want to fuel him. <laughs> well, and, right. Like, how, first of all, how are we going to prove it mm-hmm. um, other than... What that their said. bodies are on your property, right? Mm-hmm. And you're right. Yeah, they don't want to hype him up because he's probably getting off by reliving um, these situations. Yeah. And mm-hmm. well, so and I, at least they didn't feed that. That's good. Yeah. Well, and I went into like this deep thought of like, like this guy is interviewing Todd to try to get like more out of him to see if there are any other victims. And while that's like a noble cause, you also have to feed into this guy's narcissism. And he's probably mm-hmm. listening to your podcast if he's able to. Like, mm-hmm. and that's just something I wouldn't want to fuel. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, you know, all these murderers that just confess to all this stuff because they get to go out of jail and they get mm-hmm. to have lunch and they get to do this. And it's like, yeah, you, we just can't, we can't do that. Mm-hmm. I guess we want to trust that they're going to tell us the truth, but do we actually trust them? Yeah. No. Yeah. So, again, he makes Megan go with him while he buries her husband, Johnny, and then he chains her up in the same shed, (gasps) doesn't give her the luxury that he gave um, Kayla. (laughs) Well, he said he liked Kayla, so. Mm -hmm. Well, and it kind of, like, you can see the comparison. Uh, Megan's 
not as willing to do what he says. Oh, good point. And he decides, like, I don't want to kill her. <laughs> I don't want to kill a woman, even though he's already killed a woman. I want to kill a woman. Oh, how kind. Yeah. So he, he claims he went to her um, a couple of days before Christmas and said, I will give you $4,000, drive you to the opposite side of Tennessee. I'll drop you off. You go left. I go right. You never come find me. You never talk about me again. You start over. Mm-hmm. What a kind offer. Yeah. Again, that hero complex. He's like, I want to save yes. her. I don't want her to die. Like, he's not the one that's going to be killing her. It's like he's like, watches Dexter and yes. thinks that, like, he can, like, be, you know, good like Dexter or something. Oh, it's so funny you say that because that's something he claims. Well, not Dexter, but that's <gasps> something he, like, claims <laughs> later. Really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So... Megan's excited. She says yes to the deal. She promises she'll be good. Blah, 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 blah. So this is where Todd's story gets a little confused. I mean, it's all confusing, but this is like super confusing. So he claims that on Christmas Day, she, Megan started a fire in the storage unit that she was chained in. Okay. This is also a storage unit that he holds all of his ammunition, he says hundreds of of dollars worth of ammunition, all of his weapons. He also liked to kind of joke and say, like, you know, it could, he could have his own little war if he wanted. And he, okay. <laughs> I just, yeah. And he runs down, unchains her, and she somehow runs away from him. But he never talks about how he gets the fire out in time for the ammunition not to blow up. Oh, yeah. Um, also, why? Okay, so she, he said that he was going to let her go and she was excited and complied and understood. God damn it. I just got the 10 minute meeting warning again. <laughs> um, uh, so she's excited to go. Why would she mess it up? Why would she intentionally do something? To, she's about to go. Home. She's about to be free. So why would she fuck it up? Yeah. I agree. So that's probably not true, right? I, I mean, well, I'm more interested in she starts a fire. She's chained in there, so that wasn't forward thinking. <laughs> she's about yeah, to I be mean, let go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So why would you start a fire and not have a plan of how to get out? Then all of a sudden, he's talking about how she's running away and he has time to shoot her and none of his ammunition causes a minor explosion. Yeah, and put out like a massive fire. Yep. Okay. Um, probably he probably just said, "Oh yeah, I'll let you go," but it was like just to fuck with her, mm-hmm. and then probably fucking shot her as she walked away or something. I would assume, <laughs> or if he even offered to let her go at all. <laughs> yeah, I can just. I feel like why would he say that yeah. unless he did do that? But it was purely just to seem like, like mess a martyr. Yeah. Yes. Uh huh. So, and I mean, because he kept Kayla for months. Because Kayla was very yeah, he, submissive and did what he said. And Megan was. And he liked Kayla. Well, yeah. And Megan was not that personality. <sighs> so, this guy. My, this guy. my opinion, and you know, he's like, I kept my promise. I didn't rape her. I doubt that. <laughs> yeah, fucking generous. Yeah. Thanks, Todd. Yeah. Um, yeah, probably not. Other women you've come in contact with, you've raped, but okay. You chose not to for this. That doesn't seem. Doesn't follow a trend. So, unfortunately, we are never going to know what happened with Megan and Johnny. Because that's the story he's sticking to. Yeah, which is probably not true. 
I, at least I don't think. I but. don't think it is because it just doesn't. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> right, none of it does. It doesn't make sense. Like it does. Uh, there's a fire. You're not. You know. You're. You're such a martyr, and you want to talk about how great you are, but you're not going to talk about. And maybe he did, and they cut it out of the podcast. I don't know. But like, I would want to know. Like, how'd you get the fire out before all that ammunition? Like that explodes. <laughs> Yeah, it's and it's, it's the same powder. shed that you put. I was it well, and it's like the same the same shed. Excuse me, that you put Megan in. Um, where there were like burn residue. Like, uh, did it look like it had caught fire at one point? Yeah, um, you know, probably not. Yeah. So contradicting himself one more time. <laughs> well, it's like he thinks he's the smartest person in the room, and no one's gonna find holes in his story. Yeah, even though it's the shittiest story ever. Well, and that's like again, this interviewer, you have to refrain yourself from poking holes in that because if he, if his goal is to really find out if Todd has any more victims, you can't like get on his bad side. Like you have to kind yeah, of just... let him lead the conversation. Yeah, let him talk. Yeah, mm-hmm. Ugh, which is so annoying. Yeah, no, I don't. Let's not become that kind of podcast. Let's just talk shit no. about them. Yeah, no, I could never. Like, I could. I, oh, okay, I, good. Because yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> I was like talking to my mom about it, and I was like, God, this would be so easy for Leslie and I to do. These guys are, you know, bored in jail. Like, this is actually probably a really easy thing for podcasts to start doing. And then I was like, but I could not. <laughs> yeah, like, I would like call them like pieces of shit. Yeah, yeah no. <laughs> I would like verbally abuse them and then we'd be on the list and then we'd have to be really careful. Yeah. And then I just, <laughs> let's just not. Exactly. So, <laughs> and like, I just would get so frustrated. And like the guy, the interviewer at the end of the podcast does a little like thing of what he believes, but he still, you can tell he's like watching his words because he has plans to talk to Todd more. So you have to kind of watch yourself and make sure you're not like talking shit and then upsetting this guy before your next phone call. Hmm. Yeah, I don't want to do that. Yeah, I just prefer to talk shit and like, you know, if if, if Todd's <laughs> listening, like, what up? <laughs> Fuck you, Todd. Yeah. Fuck you, Todd. <laughs> it's also why we don't put, um, well, I don't know if it's like an active decision, but why we don't put the killer's names in the title, because um, I, oh, yeah. I don't want any killer to be able to search that if they have like access to podcasts, so. <laughs> no, we always like we only put victims' pictures. Mm-hmm. Like, no, I, you know, I've never been the type that p- wears like serial killers on T-shirts nope. or like on my phone. Nope. Like, that's the problem with true crime. Um, you know, the community, and I think that's something that is relevant for us because we are in this community. Um, but I just don't want. I would never. Um, idolize these people, and I feel like they do when. They are being idolized when they get, you know, their faces get put on T-shirts yeah. and get put on phone cases. And mm-hmm. like, why do you want to look at that? Yeah, I agree completely. So. I mean, I'm wearing a T-shirt that has like Freddy Krueger and Michael <laughs> Myers and like, you know, like the, they're fiction, like they're fictional characters, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so. I agree. No, I agree. Fictional is okay. Real people like don't. Be weird. <laughs> yeah. Don't be weird. Yeah. So. The police. Sorry, tangent. No, you're okay. So the police are able. Obviously, like this is a pretty easy case, right? <laughs> They've got a witness. <laughs> They're like, mm-hmm. "Cool, we found bodies." Um, <laughs> and then Todd randomly admits to the shooting in 2003 at the sports bike shop. Oh, you was just like, "Let's just get it straight." Yeah, I'm not <laughs> just guilty of these. I'm guilty of this as well. Yeah, and they 
based on what he said, they were able to be like, yeah, you fucking did it. Like, but the cops, he wasn't even on their radar. No one was on their radar. He got away with this. Which, but there was like physical evidence that proved that it was him, or was there it just like was evidence that proved that Scott had gone, or I'm sorry, that Todd had gone to Scott's shop and everything like that. Like they were, and what he described was not released to the public. Certain port parts of the murder, oh, like okay. the, where the bodies were, things like that were not. Oh, so like things the killer would know exactly. I mean, it literally, yeah, so, <laughs> it literally happened. Yeah, okay. So he was able to. you know admit to that um so they're like well shit (laughs) we you know i guess that's all we need yeah like thank you for making our job easier (laughs) um yeah and then of course he starts claiming that he has done so many more murders than what they're finding but he's never able to give them hard evidence like he was for the motor like bike Mm. shooting so it's probably not true then. It's or he's leaving stuff out and he's just kind of doing whatever the fuck he wants. <laughs> you know, like maybe over time he'll give them more information, but for right now it seems like it's a wild goose chase. Huh. Interesting. Okay. So on May 26, 2017, Todd pled guilty to seven counts of murder, two counts of kidnapping, and one count of criminal sexual assault with a um, and was sentenced with seven consecutive life sentences without the possibility oh, of parole. Now, Good. the plea bargain that he put in, he, he's, I mean, he told him everything. And it's disgusting, too. Like, you can watch the interview with the police. And he's talking about the shooting. And he's like, you guys would be proud of me. I had that building cleared in 30 seconds. Like, he's some fucking sniper. Ew. Yeah, it's disgusting. So... Um, his plea, what he plead down from is the descent. Okay. He still, he's got seven life, you know, consecutively. He's never getting out of jail. That's set. But his one thing was he didn't want to be murdered. <laughs> oh, geez. How kind. Yeah. You don't want to be murdered. Yeah. But you'll <laughs> like, murder everyone like else. Everybody okay. else didn't want to be murdered the day he decided to take their lives. What a piece of shit. Yeah. Todd's still claiming that there are more bodies. He's also claiming that him and some people he wouldn't name used to go down to Mexico and kill cartel members. And what he was doing was really good for America. What a fucking idiot. So, you know, I don't blame the cops for, like, not listening to every single thing he said. No, it's it sounds so like so outlandish. Yeah. Like, why would you believe that? Yeah, and that's where like that Dexter thing that you said. He's claiming he's doing the right thing, and he's clearly yeah. not. <laughs> like, you're welcome. You're welcome yeah. that I killed these people for well, you. What a fucking idiot! I'm sorry, but one white guy and some friends that he's not going to name go down to Mexico and kill high end cartel members. Like, people don't live to do that. <laughs> no like you are not special forces yeah you're just some fucking white dude with a bunch yeah, of okay. guns <laughs> yeah yeah who's like obsessed with firearms well, All right. and whatever todd yeah that's exactly it his obsession with like blowing things up and firearms that he got from his dad like all of that is just gross and clearly where where his personality lies take four <laughs> <laughs> yeah this zoom thing's getting old guys <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, you know, you could even tell us that, too, if you have, if you know of another program like Zoom. That's not Zoom. Without the, yeah. 
Because I'm not going to pay for it. No. I'm just not. No. We draw the line. (laughs) (laughs) We have done this, like, our programming for editing is free. Like, we have done this, like, you know, for free. (laughs) We like the free 99. That's what we've got. Yeah, we really enjoy that. (laughs) Yes, exactly. So, yeah, that is Todd Kolhep. Luckily, he Oh, Roxy's happy. (laughs) We did so good. (laughs) She's excited. I've never heard of that one before. So thank you for a uh, good job. Of course. And of course, I said that there were some Amazon reviews that he left. Um, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> so what I found with this case is they're not sure if it was Todd or if it was someone like pretending to be Todd, um, which is why oh. I didn't really bring it up in the pod. But I will take screenshots of them and post them so that you guys can kind of see because they are super inappropriate and I wouldn't put it past Todd. But it did didn't get brought up in the interview it didn't get brought up in the documentary so i my guess is it's because they're not sure if he did it because that's kind of what i found so interesting what what were the items were they like restraints or something yeah so it was like a knife and like restraints and like a chainsaw um oh yeah so i'll find all of them and i'll post them um i just wanted to leave it out of this because i wasn't sure um if it was him or not. So I'll throw an allegedly yeah. on there, but we, and it'll make you guys <laughs> go to our Instagram and our Facebook to see what those uh, reviews were. Cause they are kind of unsettling. <laughs> Interesting. I'm yeah. excited to read them. Yeah. So I'll put, I'll make sure to post those. I love the plug. You should already be following our Instagram yeah. and, and Facebook, now but in case you're I not, I want you to go there. <laughs> <laughs> but in case you're not, now you have to if you want to see these reviews. Yeah. So that'll be where those reviews are. And then um, you guys can, you know, comment and let us know if you think it was Todd or think it was someone else. Oh, my gosh. I hope it wasn't someone else because that's really disturbing. Well, and you know how <laughs> um, it gets like when someone, you know, famously gets arrested and all this stuff, like people kind of yeah. make fake profiles a lot more now than obviously in the past. But. Yeah, what the fuck is up with that? I don't know. Can't we just like, you know, catfishing is bad, but can't we just go and like prank our friends like <laughs> we used to do? Like normal you know, people. Online? <laughs> yeah, like that was how we were mischievous on the internet. <laughs> like, let's not pretend to be a serial killer and leave Amazon reviews. Yeah. Well, and I couldn't you. find anything <laughs> of like Amazon, which I think is really interesting. I couldn't find anything of Amazon like coming forward and being like it's unfortunate. It yeah, us. it's unfortunate that we're tied <laughs> yeah. to this. Like, and usually, you know, companies will come forward and be like, we're so sorry for the victims and families and all this stuff. So I don't know if they just tried to do it silently or what, but. Maybe they're playing, you know, ignorance is bliss and they're because they don't know for sure if it was Todd. Yeah. Maybe they're just, you know, trying to save their skin or something. Maybe. I don't know. I think, uh, you know, I'm not a PR person, but I think I would come out ahead of it, though like we're really sorry for the families and all of this and i would i mean jeff bezos has a lot of money so he could easily look into that and see if it's legitimate or not yeah but he's one of those who doesn't use his money for good i know well none of them do mark cuban does oh that's true oh yeah i saw that you posted something about mark cuban yes mark cuban can win he can win he's got it yeah so he's the best you guys if you guys don't know <laughs> leslie tell everybody what mark cuban did oh he just like opened up his own pharmacy 
um, and he's only charging like the cost of the drug. It's not this like massive upcharge. Mm -hmm. And um, I take 23 medications a day. And so as you can imagine, my pharmacy costs are pretty expensive. Mm -hmm. And when I, when I heard that he had released his site, I just went on and like looked and yeah, I, most of the drugs that I, that I saw are less, would cost me less if I went them, if I got them through him than they are if I go to like CVS with my insurance. It's outrageous. Yeah. Wow. So are you going to switch over? I think I am. And I'm definitely, when I've got CVS and I was actually in the process of switching because um, I found out that they were one of the companies that supported and gave money for the Roe v. Wade overturn. Oh my God. So, yeah. So, um, I've been in the process of switching those two, but. Good. Well, see, so it's a perfect timing for him to come out and I know. have this. And that's very exciting. Like as a person who has a luxury of not having to take medicine. <laughs> 23 medications. Well, any <laughs> <Yeah>. medications. <laughs> I don't, I'm not on anything. I uh-huh. cannot imagine what a relief some people are feeling. Because I've seen TikToks where people are like, this medication that I take that's over, you know, $500. Like there was a woman who um, yeah. had cancer and one of her medications was over $500 <sighs> a month was $10 when she looked it up on his website. That's fuck, fuck pharmacy, bug, <laughs> bug, <laughs> fuck big pharma. Yeah. I mean, it's just, and it's so hard because it's like, we don't want to be on these medications. No. I don't want to take these things that make me X, Y, and Z, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. but like I have to. To survive, you have to. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So it just, yeah. I'm, yeah. So he's a Good he's news. the only rich person that we won't eat. <laughs> yeah. Eat the rest. Mark Cuban can hang out. He can chill. Yeah. Eat, fuck the rest. Eat the rest. Mark Cuban's got exactly. it though. He can chill. Exactly. All right. Well, that's the episode, Lulu. So would you like to give us the clue for the next one? I would. The clue for next week or two weeks from now is, is that who I think it is? What? Is that who I think what? it is? That's not a clue. That's a yeah. statement. <laughs> is that who I think it is? Question is mark. It's like actually a question. Oh, it's a question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a question mark at the end. Oh, okay. Well, we'll post this on our Instagram, friends. <laughs> Leslie's are getting harder and harder. Holy cow. I feel like mine are very like, you just have to Google Amazon and murder. And I feel like you would have figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this one is tricky. Yeah. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be curious. Oh, is that who I think it is? When well, you are, you're starting to pull quotes from people, which is really tricky. <laughs> You've done this a couple times. Ooh, okay. Oh, All right. It's not a quote. Oh, it's not. Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, friends. Well, that's what we have for you so far. So we will talk. So that's that. That's that. <laughs> so we'll post all of this fun stuff on our social media and we'll post the clue and, you know, post stuff with us. Comment. Yeah. You know what to we do. We want to talk you to you. Know. <laughs> yes. All right, friends. Well, we'll see you next time. Talk to you then. Bye. Bye. The Grim Mystics was written and produced by Amber Scribbick and Leslie Gregg. Cover art was done by Leah Taylor. The Grim Mystics theme song was written and produced by Bear and Abby Golden. You can find us on Instagram at The Grim Mystics. You can also follow The Grim Mystics on Facebook at The Grim Mystics.